Sometimes going to the grocery store can be chaotic. There doesn't seem to be enough time to check the list, make sure everything is there, search for the best prices, and take the time to make sure you get the best quality meat. So let ButcherBox help you out. Giving you peace of mind, ButcherBox delivers high-quality meat and seafood that you can trust straight to your door. No grocery carts required. Humanely raised, no antibiotics or hormones, 100% grass-fed, free-range, and crate-free, what more can you ask for? What about free shipping, customized box plans, exclusive member deals, recipe inspirations, tips, and tricks? You really can't go wrong with ButcherBox. Sign up at butcherbox.com slash morning cup and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. Choose salmon, chicken breasts, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash morning cup and use code morning cup to choose your free for a year offer plus get $20 off your first order. Hey guys, I have a podcast that I think you'll really enjoy. Proof, the investigative true crime podcast co-hosted by Susan Simpson of Undisclosed and Jacinda Davis of Evil Lives Here is releasing its highly anticipated second season where they investigate the murder of 18-year-old Renee Ramos. The first season, which if you haven't listened to yet, you totally should, saw the release of two Georgia men serving life sentences for murdering their friend, Brian Bowling. And thanks to evidence unearthed by proof, on December 8th, 2022, both Daryl Lee Clark and Kane Joshua Story were finally freed after 25 years behind bars. With that same investigative drive, Susan and Jacinda are on the case again, and this time, they are on the streets of Manteca, California, to find out who really killed Renee Ramos. In proof, murder at the warehouse, you hear how, on June 5th, 2000, Renee's body was found buried beneath a pile of debris inside a new Home Depot building. And how, despite tips hinting at alternate suspects, her boyfriend, 18-year-old Jake Silva, and 33-year-old Ty Lopez were arrested and convicted of her murder. Fans of true crime and investigative series won't want to miss this riveting new season. Follow the case as Susan and Jacinda uncover long-overlooked evidence about what really happened to Renee, by listening to Proof, Murder at the Warehouse, wherever you get your podcasts. There were two more murders 15 miles when away. Arrived, the found the telephone we have and a electricity line weird described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird religion. Morning. Every kid has a weird interest. They are mostly harmless and add some character and joy to that child's life. However, on September 7th, 1947, a boy was born who would show great interest in science from a very young age. Now you may think, science? How harmful can that be? Well, Graham Young had a specific scientific interest. Poisons. So, if you like your coffee hot but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. A few short months after Grand Frederick Young was born, his mother died and his father sent him to live with his uncle and aunt, not able to handle single parenthood. A few years later, after his father remarried, Graham was taken away from his aunt and uncle and brought back to life with his father. He had, by a very young age, been uprooted not once, but twice. Also from an early age he became fascinated by poisons and their effects on humans. 
By age 14, he started to test poisons on his family, his favorite being antimony. He would use just enough to make them violently ill. He started with his stepmother, Molly Young. She began vomiting, had diarrhea, and suffered from excruciating stomach pains. She dismissed it and just assumed she was suffering from a stomach bug. Before long, her husband seemed to have caught that same bug as he began suffering from the same symptoms as well as debilitating cramps that left him out of commission for days. The last to get ill was his sister, Winifred, whom was violently ill on a few occasions that summer. Graham himself even got sick, solidifying the assumptions that it was just a contagious stomach ailment. This mysterious bug spread beyond their household. A couple of Graham's school friends seemed to catch it as well. In reality, as Winifred Young would soon find out, Graham was serving doses of poison with the family's tea. One morning, she was served a cup of tea by her brother that tasted foul. She took one mouthful and threw it away. While on the train to work, she began to hallucinate and had to be taken to the hospital. Once there, doctors came to the conclusion that she had been exposed to poisonous belladonna plant, otherwise called deadly nightshade. Fred Young confronted his son, but Graham claimed that it was Winifred who had been using the family's teacups to make shampoo, who must have accidentally poisoned herself. Fred was skeptical, but found no evidence that his son was involved. On Easter Saturday in 1962, Molly Young died and Fred had to be taken to the hospital. He was suffering from antimony poisoning and the doctors told him that one more dose would have killed him. Graham's family, who knew of his fascination with chemistry and poisons, grew suspicious. Even his science teacher, who found several bottles of poison in his student's desk, went to the headmaster with his concerns. Graham was sent to a psychiatrist who recommended contacting the police. Graham Young was arrested on May 23, 1962, and confessed to the attempted murder of his father, sister, and friend. His stepmother, on the other hand, had been cremated, as suggested by Graham, before her body could be analyzed. Her official cause of death was complications from injuries sustained in a traffic accident. Graham was sent to a mental hospital after he was assessed prior to his trial and found to have been suffering from a personality disorder as well as schizophrenia. He was the hospital's youngest patient since 1885. He was released after they deemed him fully recovered after just nine years in 1971. During his time in the hospital, he studied medical texts, improved his knowledge of poisons, and continued his experiments using inmates and staff, one of whom even died. He began to work at the John Hadlin Laboratories, whom were told of his rehabilitation at the hospital, but not what his past conviction was. Therefore, they had no idea that they had an accomplished chemist and poisoner in their midst. Soon after he began work, his foreman grew ill and died and a sickness swept through his workplace. Mistaken for a virus, it was called the Bovingdon Bug. It appeared Graham was making his tea for his co-workers. An investigation became necessary, and Graham asked the company doctor if investigators consider thallium poisoning. This landed him on the suspect list, and he later was arrested in Kent on November 21, 1971, with thallium in his pocket and antimony and other poisons in his home. 
They also found a detailed diary noting doses and effects, as well as if he was going to let the person live or die. He had four victims in total before he was caught and was referred to as the teacup poisoner. He pled not guilty, claiming the diary was fantasy for a novel. Nonetheless, he was convicted after a 10-day trial in 1972 when he was just 25 years old. Graham Young died in his cell on August 1st, 1990 from a mitocardial infarction. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to hear what terrible thing happened on September 8th. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime-obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe. Thank you for listening to Morning Cup of Murder. This is a daily podcast that tells you what happened on this day in true crime history. In short, easy-to-listen-to episodes that you can finish on your commute or while you enjoy your morning coffee. So make sure you check back every morning. My name is Karina. I am the creator and host. You can find Morning Cup of Murder on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. I have also set up a Patreon where you can donate a small monthly contribution to the podcast. All those links are in the episode description. Thank you again and have a wonderful day.